0: you're listening to sobriety with Ari eastman hey that's me good morning afternoon evening friends welcome back to another episode of sobriety just yeah your cup of tea your cup your cuppa we got we got good chat we got good banter so sorry to anyone from the uk um you know, it's all this love island that I consume. Sometimes it just takes a hold of you, the Holy Spirit, the the Holy Love Island Spirit, and I can't control it. And why would I want to? Why would I want to stop this from from happening to me? You know what I mean? Go banta. It's a horrible. I I cannot do it. Every now and then I get into a zone where I can where I can like mimic. If I've been listening to something, I can mimic an accent, but I need to have just listened to it. Otherwise, it's just uh, uh. Speaking of Love Island, uh, today's topic, my friends, is reality TV. Personally, I love reality TV dating shows. I got hooked on The Bachelor in college because I had a friend who was super obsessed. And I believe the first season that I tuned into was... Desiree season about like halfway through Desiree season and then from that point on obviously you know I was a hostage I was a hostage in Bachelor Nation in love with my captor unable to walk away even when I know that the show can be really fucked up and you know I guess you could but I guess you could say that about any reality TV show especially reality TV dating shows they are exploitative like that's just you are exploiting people even though they signed up for it and yeah 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 it's just like the nature of the beast unfortunately but now that we have social media and people can essentially host their own reality tv show whenever they want on their phone it's wild because you can watch a show that's edited and produced for time and content and you know, yada, 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 and then go see a completely different side of someone on their Instagram or TikTok or whatever. And it's very bizarre because you may not like the way someone is portrayed as like a character on a show. And then you go to their social media and you really like them. Or I've had the reverse happen where I really liked someone on like The Bachelor, for example, and then I went to their social media and I was like, oh, wait, I don't, I don't like this. So it's a very weird kind of unique thing that now that we have since we have our phones and we have social media and, you know, people can broadcast whatever they want whenever they want. It's weird. It's weird. It's like we're all consuming just a thousand little mini TV shows all the time. And I think that's, a. I mean, it's a lot for the human brain. I have always been kind of a voyeur, not in like a weird sexual way, you pervert. Even as a little kid, I was very much the person that was sitting around looking, paying attention to the people who were around me, wondering what their lives were like, creating little like fantasy worlds of of who they are and what they were doing. Very you know, very into people watching. Even now when I go out, I have a really hard time. If I'm sitting with someone and they're talking to me and someone nearby is talking louder. It's like I don't even mean to, but I will just my ear just immediately starts eavesdropping and it's hard for me to focus on the conversation with the person. Um, because I'm just like it's like my ears are just out, like absorbing what's around me and I'm, you know, I don't know, constantly kind of I'm very tuned into what's going on around me, sometimes not so much tuned into what's right in front of me, which is something that my dad used to do that would drive me nuts. My dad was a psychology professor, so I grew up in a household that was just, you know, interested in the human condition and why we do the things we do and why we are the way we are. And I would get so mad at him because we would go out to lunch and he would just look around. Like, not, he wouldn't be looking at me. He would just be looking around. Again, this is something that I now find myself doing where he would be people. Watching And I would be like, hello, right here, your daughter, come here, talk to me, have a conversation with me, stop looking at that guy over there. It's weird. And that guy can see that you're staring at him. And he's gonna think you're fucking pervert creep, even though I know you're just, you know, imagining what his life is like, because that's what I do. Uh, but we we also used to do this thing where we would go to a Starbucks or, or a coffee shop, something in the area. And When I was a kid, we would sit down and we would each pick out a stranger or a person and we would do a timed free write and write down their imagined life. So we would have maybe like five minutes to write a little story on someone who was just passing by or sitting near us. <laughs> they were probably like, what the fuck are you doing? And yeah, it was just, we would like write what they did for a living, their backstory, what they were going to do that day. So yeah, obviously my, my interest in people watching and in observing other people's lives play out was very much fostered. So, you know, it's not that shocking that I enjoy reality TV and even now this might sound like a little creepy but when I go for walks in my neighborhood and I walk by an apartment or a house with a big window I have an instinct to look inside and like not even to see people and again not in like a weird perverted way but just how do they decorate what TV show are they watching what's in there (laughs) like it's just some weird fascination that I have so yeah it's not surprising that I'm attracted to reality TV plus then you add in the drama And anyone, okay, anybody who tells you they do not like drama, they are lying. They're lying. We are just, we naturally are attracted to drama. Maybe they don't want dramatic events happening in their life that cause them like pain and turmoil. I I get that. But, and not everyone maybe even likes reality TV. But drama, drama fuels everything from a storytelling perspective. TV shows, movies, literature, stories have drama. If something didn't have a dramatic plot point, even in a comedy or something that's like an up and down, then you'd be like, what the fuck? This is boring. Then you'd just be watching an episode of Keeping Up With The Kardashians, which I do enjoy. I have enjoyed watching, but like they just sit there and they eat salads, you know? There's, there's actually not a lot of drama in that show. So actually, you're not a very dramatic person if you watch Keeping Up With The Kardashians. You can say you don't like drama. You just want to watch hot people eat salads. And frankly, who can blame you for that? Now, where I think reality TV can get a little dicey and where I feel like I even struggle is that we know reality TV is not 100% real. Like, we know that. We know that it's edited for time, for content. Uh, It's moving a story along. It's being produced. Like, we know this. But even though we know it, when you are watching it and you are getting absorbed by it, it is hard to remember that these are real people and these are... Uh, multifaceted people. And this isn't just a villain or just some character in a show. You know, it's it's not a movie. It's not a TV show. It's a book. It, so it leaves out so many facets of a person. And people are complicated. I believe that most people are not good or bad. It's not black and white like that. You're not an angel or a bitch. You're not... Uh, you know, just one thing or the other. People are products of genetics, of the environment, of literally a million moments that, and decisions and things that sometimes are out of people's control. Like so many things make a person. We can even see a person in a specific moment. That doesn't mean that is that person. Uh, So, you know, it gets a little icky when we see someone on our screen for 45 minutes and then we decide that we know exactly who they are. Having said that, I hate Greg from The Bachelorette. And I don't think you should want Katie to date him, and I don't think you should want to date him yourself, and I don't think you should want any woman you love to date him. Don't trust him. Alright, hate was a little strong. I do not hate him. I, I don't I I don't care enough about any of these people to hate them, but that's my that's my hot take for this season of The Bachelorette. I just don't trust Greg. I don't trust his whole thing. I think we let hot tall men get away with too much, you know? We let hot, tall average white men get away with too much like what has he really done this season and i just say this i think i react this way because there are so many greg simps who i see it everywhere people who are like i would die for him and it's like okay calm down now do i say that about the celebrities and the people that i would like to have sex with yeah for sure so you know me calling me kettle pot black me calling you me calling cut my kettle <laughs> what's the saying Cot pot <laughs> uh, oh th- this is something you may not know about me I am notorious notorious for fucking up sayings and like saying it wrong one time I said um I was trying to say like there's plenty of fish in the sea and I said like you know there's plenty of go taste this pond or something I was like plenty of fish in the pond to taste or something like that and my roommate's like what the fuck that's not the saying so yeah, I mean, I, I whatever. I'm sure Greg's fine. I'm sure Greg's fine. I'm sure he's like a nice guy. I'm sure he is a a a good uncle with his macaroni necklace. But I think it's just the outpouring of like obsession over him. I'm just like, "What am I missing?" He has said like five words, and he always looks kind of sad. Like I want to get Greg on an antidepressant. Is that where the obsession is coming from with everyone? Like our need to like save men. We wanna we wanna fix broken men with our love and vaginas. Maybe that's where it's coming from. That he's like a hot, tall guy with a sad face, and we're like, we will we will make you smile. Um, anyway I listen I'm just I don't trust it I don't get I think it listen I think everybody goes on the show for exposure to some extent everyone goes on the show for like some level of clout like are you kidding me I would love to be on a reality tv show well maybe not you know I have auditioned for the bachelor twice (laughs) I have auditioned for the bachelor actually technically three times (laughs) I sent in I sent in a tape for Nick Vial season and then I auditioned in person twice two different times so maybe i'm just bitter you know maybe i'm just jealous and i will say sobriety i i really i really dive deep i look at myself i look at my patterns i look at who i am i look at who i want to be i look at who i've been and maybe i am just jealous because i wish i was greg and i wish everyone was simping for me i just feel like some shady shit's gonna go down i think greg's gonna break katie's heart i don't get the vibe that he's very into her quite honestly um And whatever, I guess, play the game, play on player. Um, And the other thing that has really bothered me this season is, uh, listen, I know that they have to always have, because it's a story and they have to push the story along and we need someone to root for and we need someone to root against. It's like they always need to create a villain. And if there isn't someone who sucks, they have to manufacture it somehow. So I really, really dislike that they tried to make hunter a villain because it just seemed so i could it just seemed so stupid i was like what this is this is the villain edit we're getting he's done nothing he's literally done nothing and Personally, I would have really loved to see more from Hunter because Hunter has been sober for a super long time and he actually posted on Instagram his recovery story and his, you know, his battle with addiction and it was super engaging and interesting and inspiring and I wish we saw more of that. I do think Bachelor is starting to kind of try to show us more stuff. They've had more conversations around mental health and they did, they did focus, um, Zach from Tasha season you know who, who Zach's um addiction and sobriety and recovery story and I just I obviously have a interest in hearing those kinds of things and I think they are they are trying to kind of give us more but it's like I wanted that I wanted to hear that about Hunter not this weird fucking Franken biting editing they tried to do to make him look aggressive which is like just not the vibe I get at all I also think there are interesting conversations to have around reality TV and drinking because it used to be highlighted a lot. And now I think, you know, when they had the whole situation with um, Paradise where they had to institute the drink limits – I don't know, it seems like maybe they're kind of backing away from it a little bit. But it is interesting because like, of course, like you get a bunch of people who are tired and stressed out and in this weird environment and you add alcohol to the mix. And it's like, of course, it's going to trigger more drama and it's going to uh, cause more fights that maybe wouldn't happen if people were sober and well rested. And I don't know, maybe that is something that kind of goes along with the exploitative nature of reality TV and you know kind of adding in alcohol to the mix and i'm sure that i'm sure producers and people would be like oh we don't force anyone to drink and i know there have been sober people on obviously but you know it's like if it's there and you're stressed out and you are someone who partakes in alcohol and then you drink and maybe you don't know your limits or you're tired or you haven't eaten enough and you know it's just kind of like a it's again it's like a dicey thing of uh maybe bringing out sides of people that uh, they can, uh, you know, chop chop for some good editing purposes. I would actually be really curious to know. I mean, I don't know how you can get this data or this research, but I would be super curious to see like if there's any correlation or the number of people who come off of a reality TV show. And, you know, they don't – there's not great mental health resources for people who go through this exploitative, very weird thing where you are a normal person and you are catapult into fame and people critiquing you and telling opinions about you and tearing down how you look and how you act and every little thing about you, right? Like, that's not normal. We are not, like, sociologically meant to know what, like, millions of people think about us. That's just, like, not normal. And – so I would be curious to see, you know, how many people come off the show and maybe self-medicate and maybe do struggle with substance abuse or maybe people who already did. And I, I don't know. I think it's, a, it's an interesting thing to think about of the, the connections between, you know, mental health and substance misuse and reality TV and dealing with being in the public eye and how people cope and how people try to self-soothe. I don't know. I would be curious. I would imagine that there are more people than we think who come off the show and maybe struggle with drinking too much because um, it's a lot. And I don't even know because I haven't gone through it, but I would imagine that it would be a lot. It's so weird. It's so weird to be an avid consumer of reality TV because there is this, it's like I'm split down the middle. This is my Libra rising in me because half of me just wants to... consume all the drama and just, you know, oh, I'm live. i live for, I'm living for the tea, sob- sobriety. I'm living for the tea. I, you know, I, I want to consume all of it. And then, of course, I'm judging these people. Of course, I'm making judgments. I literally just said I hate Greg. <laughs> and then this other part of me will be like, but we don't know these people. And like, oh, my, you know, they're this is probably so hard. And I'm very easily swayed, I will say. Like, I'm someone that I'm not that stubborn in my opinions like I could be like oh I don't like that person and then they could message me something and and say something nice and I'd be like actually I think I do like them so it's just this like I'm always of two minds about reality tv where obviously I form opinions that I get uh, passionate about but then I'm also like I hope everyone's okay (laughs) you know it's a weird it's a weird it's weird man it's weird that's all I have to say about that I am looking forward to watching The Bachelor and I do need to I would I do need to check out is Love Island I think Love Island USA maybe is happening too and then I need to watch that fucking weird looking reality tv dating show where they all dress as like it's like like some furry shit I don't know if it's furry shit but they're all dressed like in crazy um animal costumes yeah maybe I should read a book on that note it's time for something My hmm. So I am a big fan and a big advocate for being annoying. And Let me explain what I mean by that. I think, speaking of reality TV and how we perceive people or whatever, we're all so self-conscious and so aware of how other people are perceiving us. And there is an element in that that is good because you should want to treat other people with kindness. And, you know, if you are aware of how other people are assessing you like it, there, there is like a a need for it there is like a biological sociological need to care about what other people think but i but i think we get in our own ways when we are really consumed with other people finding us annoying as if that's going to be the worst thing to ever happen oh my god someone thought i was annoying how dare they i think when you can get over that fear or at least you can face it and be like whatever someone's going to find me annoying someone's going to find me funny then You can, like, ask for the things you want. That is something that I feel like with with social media, it's like, here's the thing. I I like creating content, whatever. I am a content creator. (laughs) Like, I want to keep building stuff on Instagram and TikTok. And, like, I enjoy doing this stuff. Is it cringy to some people? Maybe. For some people who are more private, they're probably like, damn, she puts a lot of shit out there. Yeah, for sure. But I like it. And so I don't find it annoying. Now if another person finds me annoying, that's fine. They have the right to do that. There's plenty of people I find annoying. Like we can but is being thought of as annoying the worst thing that could happen? Is it so bad that it should stop you from doing something that you like or something that's fun, putting out a TikTok, like doing a TikTok dance? If if you are so worried that someone's going to think it's annoying that you don't do something you want to like, like it's not worth it. Be annoying. Have fun. I have gotten a lot of things in life because I wasn't afraid to quote-unquote be annoying I have asked people uh, to do videos with me I have put myself out there and like messaged someone who was like maybe like more famous than me or something like that and and other people might be like oh that's cringe that's annoying but guess what people won't say yes to things, to opportunities, if you don't give them the, uh, the chance. If you don't give someone the chance to say yes, then they're never going to say yes. So I have really just started reaching out to people I admire, people I look up to, people I would like to have on the podcast. Podcasts I would like to be on that I have no business being on, that I am not quote-unquote famous enough for, but you know what? Fame is a state of mind, baby, and I'm famous to myself. <laughs> But really, that's just how I, that's really how I feel. Like, I think you should be self-aware. And like, if you are bothering someone, don't bother someone. Why not try? Why not put yourself out there? Why not take the risk of being cheesy, of being annoying, of being weird, whatever? Who cares? Life is short. So that's my, that's my kind of pink cloud, my kind of like PSA, because it's something that I actually do a lot. And it has benefited me a thousand times more than it has ever like uh, been a bad thing. I have gotten so many opportunities and become friends with people from being annoying. Jess from Chatty Broads, who is a friend of mine now, I I emailed her and was potentially annoying and basically, you know, invited her to do something. And then we got to talking about Mark Maron and skincare and all this stuff. And it's like, I took the risk of being annoying. And then we met and we became friends and we clicked and like, we're legitimate friends. So uh, I'm not saying go bother your favorite, you know, online person, but take the risk. It's okay to be annoying. If someone doesn't like you, they don't like you, and you can move on. But maybe you'll make a friend. Maybe you'll get a job. Maybe you'll make viral content. Who's to say? That's my little nugget of advice for everybody today. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Sobriety with me, Ari Eastman. Um, I really love and appreciate you guys. I'm having so much fun doing this podcast and really kind of growing it and figuring out, like, my voice as a podcaster and I just really like it I really enjoy it I always wanted to be in radio growing up and I'm really loving it so I really appreciate you guys for listening it it does mean a lot and um, if you haven't it's always very helpful if you go leave a five-star review and rating or just leave the rating you don't got to leave a review if you want to leave a review that's great but um, yeah leave a five-star rating it really helps tell a friend and I will see you next week okay bye everyone (laughs)